Welcome to Night Sky Tourist, a place to learn the night sky, have fun with its ancient stories, meet astronomers and dark sky advocates, and fall in love with the dark. I'm Vicki Dirksen, your host and author of the website and blog, nightskytourist.com. If you've never visited the website, I invite you to stop by after the podcast. Check out some of the great blog articles, browse through the resource page, and sign up for the newsletters. The newsletters have great content that is exclusive for subscribers. Are you ready for an adventure under the night sky? Let's jump right in. It's Thanksgiving week, which means that we're off to the races for the holiday season. I'm sure you can relate to the fact that wherever I go, the Christmas retail season has been well underway since the day after Halloween. And if you're not a humbug, you just can't help but get excited about it. But I always feel like I just want to enjoy Thanksgiving first before I dive into the frenzy. And nothing says frenzy more than Black Friday. I don't need to be the person to remind you about how out of control things can get and even the harm that many have suffered in their stampede to spend their money on things. I always think it's interesting to see the published lists of which stores are open on Thanksgiving evening and which ones stay closed to respect their employees. These lists have become a sort of about statement for those who do stay closed. And then there's the opt outside movement. Opt outside or hashtag opt outside as it's known in the social media world was started by a single company in 2015. REI, the sporting goods store, decided to opt out of the hysteria of Black Friday culture by keeping their stores closed and paying their 12,000 employees to spend the day outside. Some people thought they were really crazy to stay closed on the biggest shopping day of the year, but it really reflected their values as a company. And then, as most good ideas do, the idea grew. Today, REI reports that over 7 million people and 700 organizations now opt outside the day after Thanksgiving. And in just a minute, I'm going to share about my first opt-outside experience. Amy Bouchotte is an amazing outside champion. She's the host of the Humans Outside podcast, and she has committed to spending no less than 20 minutes a day outside. And she does this no matter where she travels, no matter what the weather, and no matter if she feels like it or not. She's been at it for years, and it's transformed her family's life. In fact, they were featured in this year's documentary called Unconditional, where she talks about how the outdoors rejuvenated her family after her husband's brain injury while serving in the military. For Amy, Opt Outside is a lifestyle that goes far beyond a single day of the year. But instead of me telling you about her story, I invite you to listen to my interview with her on episode 29 of the Night Sky Tours podcast. You can find the link in the show notes or visit nightskytourist.com slash 29. The first time I ever participated in Opt Outside, I did it solo. 
I didn't have any hiking buddies except for my husband at that time. And he'd already made other plans for the day. I love hiking. And so I planned a four and a half mile hike into the desert on my own. I chose a trail that I'd hiked many times before and it started right at the edge of town. So I wasn't too far away. I made sure my husband knew my exact hiking plan. I loaded up with plenty of water and I set off by myself. I totally believed that I would see lots of other people on the trail. So I felt more comfortable when I passed someone with their dog within 15 minutes of getting on the trail. And then I never saw another person for the rest of my hike. I was all alone on that dusty trail in the Sonoran Desert, but I didn't really mind. It was so quiet. All I could hear was the crunching of my own footsteps, a lot of birds, and an airplane from time to time. It was really refreshing. Physically, I felt better after having such a heavy Thanksgiving meal the day before. And mentally, it cleared my mind and it let me be free from all the mental clutter that had been weighing me down. I reached the end of the trail and I sat on a rock where I could see for miles and miles. And I just sat there and I listened for a long time. I couldn't remember the last time I had been somewhere so quiet. I started my hike back and somewhere along the way, my imagination started improving. And I kept wondering what would happen to me if a mountain lion were to stalk me along the trail. And after that, I kept hearing sounds that made me think that I did hear an animal walking near me. I knew there was nothing because there was nothing for an animal to hide behind. I could see really far in all directions. Even so, it freaked me out a little bit. And in that moment, I decided I was not a good solo hiker. I've done many solo hikes since then, but not quite that far. That hike was so amazing, though, that I went home and I signed up for the 52 Hike Challenge for the following year. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to 52 Hike Challenge and then consider signing up for the next year. When the next Thanksgiving rolled around, I wanted to hike the same trail again, but this time I invited others through an Arizona hiking group on Facebook. I was joined by five complete strangers. And one of them became a hiking buddy for the next year before she moved. That was such a fun experience. And I knew that opt outside would be a permanent fixture for me. And then stargazing entered my life. More about that in just a minute. Jenny Urich is a mother of five who turned her kid's childhood on its head by keeping them outside for a thousand hours every year. She's able to do this because she homeschools her kids, but she has a lot of practical tips for parents who don't homeschool their kids. The outdoors is a remarkable classroom for all ages, and her kids are allowed to explore, pursue their curiosities, and gasp, get dirty. Ginny was my guest on the Night Sky Tours podcast on episode 32. Find out how her family achieves this remarkable goal and the impact it's had on them. You can click on the link in the show notes or visit nightskytours.com slash 32. 
comes to your mind when you think of spending time outside in nature? For me, it has always been things like hiking, mountain biking, kayaking, picnicking, and camping. In other words, primarily daytime activities. And too often we overlook the nighttime hours unless we're camping. And then we're thinking about sitting around a campfire to roast marshmallows or trying to stay warm in the tent for the entire night. I'd like to invite you to spend some or even all of your opt-outside hours in the dark. Go stargazing. Take your family, friends, other kids in your life, your grandparents, or invite your next-door neighbors. And don't be afraid to stargaze solo. If you're lucky enough to see stars from your backyard, you have nothing to fear. And if you drive somewhere, proper planning will ensure that you're safe wherever you go. Keep it simple. It does not have to be elaborate. Here are some things that you can think about so that you can have a great opt-outside stargazing experience. Dress for the weather. Don't let a chilly night deter you. Get strategic with layering, blankets, drinking warm drinks. And in a few weeks, I have some guests coming to the podcast to talk about spending time outdoors no matter what the weather is. I'm pretty excited to hear their tips for winter stargazing. My next tip is to get a stargazing app. It's a great way to identify cool stuff in the night sky. Next, prep your phone. Turn down your screen brightness and set it to the night shift mode so that you can protect your night vision for better stargazing. Use a red flashlight. If you need to see to set up your stargazing spot, a red flashlight is going to do much better at protecting your night vision. Don't use a white flashlight, and of course, do not use your smartphone flashlight. It's way too bright. Next, get a green laser pointer. I have a green tactical laser pointer that's so powerful, it's equipped with a key to turn it on and off. It's a great tool to help point out naked eye celestial objects to others as you're exploring together. Next, turn off all the lights. If you're stargazing from your own backyard, turn off your exterior lights. And if light is spilling out from the inside of your house, turn those off too. And finally, take a warm drink. Warming yourself up from the inside helps to keep you warmer all over. Besides, who doesn't want a comforting warm drink in the evening? It's a good way to get the kids interested in going out in the cooler weather too. Stay with me because in just a minute, I'm going to tell you what you can expect to see in the night sky during Thanksgiving weekend of 2023. One of the coolest books I've read about enjoying time outside at night is Wild Nights Out, The Magic of Exploring the Outdoors After Dark by Chris Salisbury. I had so much fun reading this book and discovering so many beautiful ways to connect with nature at night. In his chapter about learning the night sky, Chris shares this. When I was a kid, nobody ever explained to me our place in the totality of space or offered a perspective on the great cosmic dance of the galaxies. Looking back, that's an astonishing omission in my education which I'm sorry to say was not filled with traditional narratives either, as our ancestors would have enjoyed. Traditional stories about the stars, sun, and moon 
were a way to engage with these observable but mysterious phenomena and were full of meaning and implication no matter how far-fetched. I had the honor of interviewing Chris in episode 35 of the Night Sky Tourist podcast to talk about his book, Wild Nights Out. You can click on the link in the show notes or visit nightskytourist.com slash 35. Let's finish talking about how you can craft your own opt-outside stargazing experience during the Thanksgiving weekend. I've already given you some stargazing tips, so now let's talk about what to look for. Let's start with the constellations that are currently visible along the ecliptic. To understand the ecliptic, just imagine stretching Earth's equator way out into space until it touches the stars. There are 12 different constellations along that path, but only a handful of them are visible each season. So this weekend, you can expect to see Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, and Taurus. Taurus is pretty easy to see from relatively decent skies, but the other three are tricky to see if there's light pollution. Your stargazing app will be handy to help you try to locate them. If you face the north, you'll be able to see Cassiopeia and the Little Dipper. Polaris, or the North Star, is at the tip of the handle of the Little Dipper. If you're really far north, you should be able to see the Big Dipper just above the northern horizon. But in Arizona, where I live, most of it dips too low below the horizon right now. See that super bright star coming up overhead? That's actually not a star. It's the planet Jupiter. If you have binoculars or a backyard telescope, you'll be able to see four of its moons. And if you see faint stripes on the planet, that's Jupiter's weather, those storm bands that you see in pictures. Saturn is also visible in the sky right now in the constellation Aquarius. It looks like a small golden colored star, so you might need your stargazing app to help you locate it. If you have binoculars or a backyard telescope, you'll be able to see its rings. And that is a sight you will never forget. Now look for the Pleiades. It's a small group of stars in the constellation Taurus. There are six stars that are visible to the naked eye in the star cluster, but there are actually about 3,000 stars all clumped together in that area. Binoculars or a backyard telescope will reveal more of these stars, and they're really sparkly and magical. If you spend enough time under the stars, you're bound to spot some satellites zipping by, and you might even get lucky and see a shooting star which is actually called a meteorite. And if you're super lucky and you're stargazing from a really dark location, you'll even get to see the Milky Way tonight. It crosses the constellation Cygnus and Cassiopeia. Over 90% of people in the Northern Hemisphere can no longer see the Milky Way from where they live. So up your stargazing game for your opt-outside experience this week and go somewhere extra dark. You'll thank yourself for making the effort. And finally, the moon. It's nearing the full moon phase during Thanksgiving weekend, which does pose a bit of a problem for stargazing because it's so bright. 
but the moon is so beautiful that it's really hard to fault it for being up there when you're trying to stargaze. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode or visit nightskytourist.com slash 79. That's nightskytourist.com slash 79. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and enjoy a spectacular opt-outside day, whether you shop or not. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Night Sky Tourist Podcast. If you enjoy the Night Sky Tourist Podcast, please show your support by subscribing to it and giving us five stars. Your ratings are really important to me and they help more people discover the podcast. Be sure to visit nightskytourist.com for great articles and resources. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter for exclusive content. Until next time, keep looking up.